0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Ultimate Breakdown. It's great to be here. Great to have you. hope everyone's having an awesome day. I got James and he joining me once again. Um, so we're going to start off talking about this Bucks and Saints game. Um, you know, it felt like in this game, Tom Brady didn't feel comfortable a lot of the game. That open drive, he came out. Uh, he didn't have a bad game overall, obviously, the two picks, but he did have 239 yards. Drew Brees didn't play. Outstanding. Obviously, a big part of that game was on Alvin Kamara. Um, but, Hugh, what did you see out of this game?
1: Well, I saw the start for uh, Tom Brady. Obviously, you said it. He looked a little uncomfortable. This is not his element. Uh, he's learning a new offense. He's drawn to a lot of new guys. But I thought he held his own. Uh, it was concerning of the interception for a touchdown. Uh, but I think he will overcome that, just knowing what type of football IQ he has. He'll work through that he'll work with the offense I think they'll really blend some of the things that he likes more as opposed to what the system is um and again on the other side you know when you talked about Drew Brees the difference was the Tampa Bay defense is good you know Mm -hmm. and so they did what they needed to do to win the game and uh, I thought Drew Brees played extremely well I thought New Orleans played extremely well but I do think that Tampa will will turn the corner here in this next week
0: James
2: what did you see out of this game Well, first off, um, I'd like to congratulate you guys for time with me on those picks last week. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm used to winning, but, you know, I guess on this one, I'll let you guys slide Uh, next week. These next picks, be ready because I'm going to bring it. It's Uh, on. So, So, uh, for me, uh, I was looking at how could offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael spread the ball around knowing the defense's game plan was to shut down Alvin Carrara and um, Michael Thomas. And he did some good things. Uh, first by I really saw them targeting and keying in on um, Jared Cook. You know, he had five catches for 80 yards. They had some design screen passes for him and he was using hitches and curls in between the hash marks, really trying to open up um, and soften the Buccaneers zone coverage. Uh, on third and 80, he had a corner route that was 20 yards. And then on a third and three, he had a curl route for went for 15 yards. So those, those were a lot of key things that was good. Also, they targeted Manuel Sanders a lot. Uh, he had three catches for 15 yards and one touchdown and um, almost two touchdowns, but Drew Brees threw a bad ball in the red zone in the fourth quarter. So I'm watching them this year, trying to see how can they make more of their role players, impact players, and they gotta be able to feed uh, Deontay Harris the ball. He looks so explosive on that screen pass goes like in the second quarter, um, and so just trying to watch them doing that, and then also the Saints' defense. Honestly, uh, they got some studs in defensive back, Marshawn um, Lattimore, and Genarius uh, Jenkins, who had eight tackles and in interception. Um, and then when it comes to the Bucks, uh, turnovers and special teams really killed them yesterday, um, and also. Um, Tom Brady with the two interceptions, you know, they had a block field goal attempt and then a muff pooch kick and you can't win games that way. Mm -hmm. And then one thing I also noticed with Tom Brady um, and the chemistry was off between him, Bruce Arians, and uh, Brian Lefkowitz, the offensive coordinator. Like I said last week, they got to get the chemistry going. You could tell that since Mike Evans was hurt with the hamstring that they didn't get a lot of time to work well together. um, In the second quarter, they were in cover two, the Saints were, and Tom Brady threw that first interception, and you could tell he was kind of looking for Mike Evans to keep up the seam, run a seam right, um, seam route, and Mike Evans just stopped in the middle of his route, and that caused Tom Brady to throw a pick, and so um, next week, these upcoming weeks, I'm going to want to see them you Know, lean more toward learning how to use um, LaShawn McCoy and Leonard Fournette. Also, another thing too is just I saw some positives. He was really starting to connect with Scott Miller, number 10. I don't know if you noticed that little slot receiver that he had that's going to be like a Wes Walker, Julian Element type. And uh, but like Q said, I agree, their defense they got some dogs in there. That front seven man, they got some dogs. That linebacker and defensive line core, they they are some. They're gonna be some. They're gonna be some work for the NFC this year.
0: Yeah, and another big part of that was we did not have a preseason, uh, and so they really have not gotten time to experience like time with each other, gameplay. Um, so yeah, I agree. They totally will get better as the season goes on. All right, let, let's go to this game. So Los Angeles and Dallas. It was a bad call, um, but you should obviously never leave the game in the hands of the ref. Um, Dak Prescott, 266 yards, one touchdown, Jared Goff, 275 yards. I think a blueprint for Dallas winning games this year is they're just going to have to continue to feed Zeke. They got a good running back duel, but they got to feed Zeke. Um, he, got about, he got 22 carries, which is a lot of carries, but I feel like if for Dallas to truly be successful this year, they play, a tough, they play a tough conference, play a tough division. For them to truly be successful, they got to feed Zeke a lot more and control the ball a lot more. Uh, Hugh, what did you take from this game?
1: Well, I think, uh, obviously, it was, first it was a great football game, and you said it it was a blown call there at the end. I thought it was a great Sunday night football game. It mm. looked like football to me. Um, obviously, it was a very talented Rams front seven with a talented corner. And you look at, you know, the other side of it, when you look at Dallas, I mean, you know, here are some some guys playing uh, really inspired football because they're trying to get the win. It's the first win. Mm. You said it. Uh, I thought uh, the quarterback, Dak Prescott, I thought he played well. I think the, you know, I just think they got to get a real good feel for all the talent that they have surrounding them on offense. Obviously they can hand the ball to Zeke. Uh, He's uh, their best offensive player right now, but you look at Gallaudet, Amari Cooper, uh, CD lamb, those guys are going to be really good players. It will hurt that they lost their tight end. uh, But at the same time, I think they will catch their stride here too uh, pretty soon. Remember, this is a new staff, same coordinator, but a new staff. So I think that's going to, you know, turn into something positive. And I think they're in a division that if they get it together quickly, they have a chance to be successful. When I look at the Rams, that looked like the old Rams. They had some flow and energy to their offense. I thought Andrew Whitworth played extremely well at left tackle, blocking Alden Smith and everybody else that was put over there. I thought when the game was decided, it was late in the game, I watched the Rams just line up and get after Dallas running the football. And uh, they were able to put that game away. So that's a a good start for the Rams. Can they maintain it and keep going? Uh, We'll see. But uh, I thought it was a heck of a football game the other night.
0: By the way, an absolutely – like, I was mind-blown by the decision to not kick the field goal to tie it. Uh, James, what do you take from that game?
2: I actually was going to ask that question to Hugh. Uh, just kind of get a coach's perspective on that fourth and three in the red zone in the fourth quarter. Um, how, what would you have gone with, or do you think that it was a good decision for them to go for it? No, you got to kick the field goal.
1: You have to. You're on the road. You got a chance to um, tie this game and move forward. And let's let's take it as far as we can take it. You want to keep the confidence of your players. Some people believe that the confidence is you go for it, but I think most veteran players. They like to be in the game and feel like they're in it. They know they have a defense and special teams that's got to do their job. Give us a chance, the best chance to win this game. So uh, obviously those are tough decisions. You know, they're they're good when you make them and it works, and it's bad when they don't work. So but I would have kicked the field goal.
2: Yeah, one thing one thing I noticed from Dallas is that their receivers don't really um, know the down and distance when they're running some of those shorter routes. A lot of the times mm-hmm. they would catch it right in front of the the marker in front of the first down and i'm like you know push that route up push you know um get run fast you know tighten up that cushion up on the linebackers and on the um, cornerbacks and a lot of times like cd lamb you're running that that crossing route you got to push that you got to push that you got to know your down distance you got to run past the sticks even though you're gonna get tackled they're gonna try to tackle you and push you forward um, all week and all off season the cowboys were being You know, weapons, weapons, weapons. That's all you heard was weapons, weapons, weapons. And honestly, they looked like dull knives and plastic utensils some sports to me. I mean, they played well. Dak played very, 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 very well, I think. But they got to learn how to punch it into the end zone. You know, uh, I was expecting 35, 40, 45 points in the season every game. And they got to learn how to punch it, how to create, how can we score? How can we turn these long drives into points? And that was a problem last year, I felt. And I feel like they haven't really figured that out this year. I know it's game one, but these weapons, they got to get in the end zone. Mike McCartney and Kellen Moore got to figure out how can we get these guys into the end zone. Zeke, Zeke played phenomenal, and Dak passed the ball around. He had really good numbers. They just got to put some points on the board.
0: Yeah, I – it was just – I can't, I could not believe um, the Cowboys with so much talent they had. Obviously, the Rams talent. I just couldn't believe that the Cowboys uh, – lost that game uh the oh, next uh,
2: robert robert i do have a question for you yeah so do you do you finally see why jalen ramsey was worth all that money
0: i mean if you want to if you want to uh I, maybe they paid him to act i don't know
2: <laughs> i mean if you watch the game he had six tackles but he had a lot of pass breakups and he's just the way he played the game on gallup um and on Mari cooper he was he just frazzles. He frazzles their, their leading receivers. Did you kind of? I mean, if you watched it, did you kind of see how he, how he can kind of change the tempo of the game?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Jalen Ramsey did show up in a, uh, a much big way. His influence was definitely felt. Uh, yeah.
2: He did win an Academy Award. I will admit that. <laughs> he did win an Academy Award.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next game, I got to say it. Uh, Kyler Murray for MVP beats the 49ers. Best defense in the league beats the 49ers. Puts up 91 rush yards, averages 7 yards a rush and 230 yards. Um, I think this just proves uh, that Arizona is going to be a tough team for anybody this year. Their defense looked outstanding. Isaiah Simmons had a couple good plays. And how about DeAndre Hopkins? 151 yards, averaged 10.8 yards or reception. And Larry Fitzgerald was kind of an unsung hero of that game. Um, Hugh, what did you take from this game?
1: Boy, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. And um, Kyler Murray is going up my chart pretty quickly. Um, he played extremely well second year in the season, opening game. He looked like he belonged. You know, obviously he can make tremendous plays with his legs and with his arm to know that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be the focal point of their passing game. And for him to catch 15, 14 balls, that tells you all you need to know. 14, for or that that means that's a tremendous trade for the Cardinals. And I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. They're playing better on defense. Um, My man, Vance Joseph is doing a heck of a job. You know, he got some very good talent over there. Draker Patrick, who used to be at the Bengals is there now. Did some great things for him on defense at corner. So they were, uh, they, they really surprised me. San Francisco kind of disappointed me because that's a veteran quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I understand that a lot of his weapons, as far as receivers have been down. Uh, But at the same Mm -hmm. time, They're a very creative offensive team that knows how to run the ball and get it to these playmakers. It will hurt them that Kittle will be out for a little bit. Uh, But, again, I think they will – you know, they'll bounce back as well. But it's going to be a tough division. You look at Seattle and what they did, and now you're talking about Arizona. Well, it's going to be a great division. You know, the Rams are playing well. So, it's going to be fun to see what happens in the NFC West. Mm
0: -hmm. James, what, what do you take out of this game?
2: So my hat goes off to Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Tom Clemens, the uh, passing coordinator. I felt like you could tell during the offseason they sat down with Kyle Morey and they looked at some of that Oklahoma tape. um, Because that's what I felt like I was watching when it came to the offense. They looked like they were running plays he was comfortable with. He was in the shotgun most of the game, so they had him on the center. And then they also realized, and I think they coached him up, made him realize that he's a rhythm quarterback. You know he needs to check his progressions. You know his one, two, three, four is read and stay in the pocket. And then when that fourth progression when it, it doesn't work out, then he can use his feet. And he did exactly that. Uh, also, I agree with uh, Hugh. I liked how he he used uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, for those fourteen catches, one fifty one yards. You know, and then they also moved him around. They put him in a slot. They had him in motion. They had him all over the field, disguising how they wanted to use him so he could get the ball. So. You could tell they worked a lot of offseason to get this young quarterback comfortable mm-hmm. in the pocket and making sure that he feels, you know, and using him for his best strengths. I think last year they were just trying to make him more of a pro-style quarterback and that's not the way to do it. We got him from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. This is, these are the plays that work. This is kind of spread offensive. I believe that he'll be able to flourish with even in the NFL. Their defense, their defense looked pretty good. secondary looked really good. Uh, Patrick Peterson and, and Brian Murphy Jr. at the end of that game, they were balling out. Uh, the pass deflections all over the place, and I also agree with you again. Is just um, the 49ers disappointed me. Uh, they do have a lot of injuries, but uh, Raheem um, was it Marsted? Marsted, uh, you- I think everyone is sleeping on him. I think he's the top five back in the league. Uh, Fifteen carries, fifty-six yards, four receptions for ninety-five yards and a touchdown. And when he puts that foot in the ground, he is gone. So. Uh, it's going to hurt them with these injuries, but sometimes you kind of need injuries so it can key in on what, how to use other players. And then when they get those players back, those receivers, and they will get um, George back, they'll be able to flourish as an offense because now they know how to use all their weapons. But I think uh, that running back's going to really shine on these next couple of weeks.
1: I can tell Jay loves a running back. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I love a good running back.
0: Uh. James, I, I'm sorry, I know this was on the list, but can you just uh, – what did you make of your MVP's performance uh, on Sunday?
2: Uh, so, Cam Newton, I like uh, what they were doing with him. So, I kind of learned this when I was um, at Mississippi State under Dan Mullen, is sometimes that in the beginning of the week, you run certain plays just to put it on film.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the reason they were running all that – run the run plays, the design run plays with Cam, A, so they can get – the offense used to it, get Cam a little comfortable in the system and things that he's used to doing. But also when it comes later in the season, that's when you're going to start seeing a lot of play action, the run option, those pop passes, different things like that come from Cam. It's because he'll be more comfortable. The defense is going to have to – they're going to have to step up and defend the run, and they're going to they're gonna want him to pass because they don't want him to, to win the game on his legs. And so I think that the Patriots have a plan for the season with him. And they don't. They want to just go ahead and get him comfortable. And I think he played great. I think he played great. Um, he looked healthy. He ran like he was healthy. So that was good. Um, these next couple of weeks, you're gonna see him pass more and get more comfortable. But it's a, uh, it's a, it's a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon race. He's gonna be MVP at the end of the year. Don't you worry about it. All right. <laughs>
0: Um, just some other news around the league. Obviously, uh, Giants lose last night in a tough battle. Sick one on a rough day. And then, uh, just real quick hats off to Titans and their coach for just giving their kicker confidence. Uh, it goes over <laughs> three and then he put him out there for the game winning, uh, field goal and he nails it. So hats off to them. Uh, and Hugh, I just want to, and I'm sorry, but I just want to get a coach's um, opinion on this. What were, what were the Broncos doing last night when they said, we're not going to call timeouts? Were they putting on the hands of the kicker?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I know I can guarantee the analytical people were going crazy because they sure wasn't saying don't call them. Um, I have no idea where that came from. Obviously, um, you know, maybe Vic made that decision himself. Uh, maybe some people talked him into that decision. I don't know, but. It hurt him. You know, the clock management at the end of the game really um, did him in pretty good. Really caused him to lose game, to be honest with you. All
0: right. So, I just want to – and I have a feeling – Hugh might have a different opinion on this than me being a former coach. But I totally think Tua needs to start in Miami. Um, And I've been saying this since he got drafted. Look, if he gets hurt – and it's sad for Tua, but the NFL is a business – and if he gets hurt and his career ends, then you have a draft coming up this year. You cannot wait until week 10 to start him because here's, here's my fear for the Dolphins. If they wait until week 10 or week 11 to start him and, he get, and he's careful for those couple of weeks, he doesn't get hurt. Then you're going through this next draft and you're thinking, well, we don't need a quarterback because we got Tua. Then next year rolls around and you get to week four or five and Tua is not being so careful all of a sudden or just a play happens. It happens all the time where people get hurt. And all of a sudden, now you're set back two years in progress. And the other argument I heard was, was well, he needs, he needs to sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick because all the good ones sit. But if you look at all the good ones that sat, it was Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Favre or it was Mahomes sitting behind Alex Smith. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I love him, but he's not uh, Alex Smith or Favre. And next year, you're going to have a bunch of quarterbacks available, uh, Lawrence, Fields, Lance, Carr, just a handful. Um, so I, I absolutely think Tua needs to start in Miami. Hugh, do you think Tua should start in Miami?
1: At some point in time, he does need to because you said it. I think every point you made was um, dead on. You have to know what you have in Tua as you start to move forward because there is a draft next year. But that being said, you got to make sure your team is ready for Tua. So, uh, in fairness to Coach Flores, I think what he's doing, instead of putting him out there just right away, you got to make sure the offensive line Mm -hmm. can handle Tua being in the game. I say that for this reason. He's still seen as your franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. So, if you stick him out there and you get him hurt, then I don't think that's the part neither because you truly believed in him. You took one of those pieces of gold and you put it on him so you really believe in this player. Once you know that the offensive line is solidified and that he can go in there and play and have success, that's the key thing for a young quarterback. you got to put him in position to where he can get some personal wins because if he doesn't, it's not good sometimes for players. Mm -hmm. So I understand what they're doing. I hope maybe after a quarter of the season, you know, you throw him in there and you let him play because obviously I think we all know if, if they're not winning, you have to go play. So I think he'll be playing soon enough.
0: James, should Tua start Miami?
1: I, I agree with you on this one
2: uh, with the offensive line play just because you don't want to get him injured. Um, he is your franchise quarterback, so I agree with him on that. Also, you don't want to start him too soon because he could turn out like Sam Darnold or uh, Josh Rosen, who's been flip-flopping from team to team to team. Uh, who's, so you want to just make sure that he's ready before you send him out there. Also, it's a confidence thing. If his offensive line can't protect him, then he'll be scared his first year. Then it'll kind of just like be a domino effect that flips and goes down each each year. So it's one to just make sure you can protect him before you put him out there. But I I probably see him out there week ten. I don't think they really want to use him that well, also because of the injuries that he type injuries that he had his hip and his ankles. So just want to make sure he'll be safe out there first.
0: So. Tom Brady, obviously, we we discussed it. He had a rough performance. Um, But a bunch of shows we're talking this week. Is he regressing? Is he regressing? So here's my take on it. Uh, I don't think he's regressing. Obviously, we talked about he's uncomfortable with his new offense. But the next part of it is just it's not that he's regressing as much as there are just new guys coming in the league that are just super talented. We've never had a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson before. Russell Wilson, even Aaron Rodgers. I think that's part of it. Um, Hugh, do you think Tom Brady's regressing?
1: Uh, Well, I think he's at that age where he's going to naturally lose a little bit, you know, but to say that he's truly regressing, no. I think he's in a new environment, new players, just knowing Tom a little bit, he'll he'll get it under control here very soon. I guarantee you when that game was over, he was thinking what he needed to do to put his best foot forward for the team. That's just what type of person he is. So He'll work through whatever this is, but I don't see a lot of regression in the way he's played over the last several years. Um, So, but that's going to happen normally. I mean, naturally he's older, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, I don't see the real big fall off just yet.
0: Uh, James, do you think Tom Brady is regressing?
2: I do think that his throwing his arm power isn't as, um, isn't as strong as arm strength, isn't as strong as it was in previous years. His ball placement is still great. I think his ball placement is still great. His football IQ is still high. But I think that we forget the reason they signed him to the Buccaneers. They wanted to re- replace Jameis Winston. They know they have offensive weapons on that side of the ball, but they wanted to replace Jameis Winston, not because of the arm strength and things, but because of the turnovers. And they felt like with Tom Brady, they could flourish on offense, limit the turnovers Their defense could shine, and then they could win the Super Bowl. And so that's why they wanted him there was not for him to be the Tom Brady, the young Tom Brady, you know, throwing um, bombs and everything like that. They just wanted him there to be a good quarterback, kind of like the way the the Broncos did when they drafted – when they signed Peyton Manning back in the late 2000s. Because you have to think about this is when Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl of the Colts, you know, um, that season – He had over, what, uh, almost 4,000 yards passing and um, 30 touchdowns. That was in 2005. And the year that he won the Super Bowl with the uh, Broncos in 2015 to 2016 Super Bowl, he only had barely over 2,000 yards passing. He had nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. But they just needed Peyton Manning there just to, you know, orchestrate the offense, just to be the general they had a great defense. And so that's kind of what I feel like the Buccaneers need Tom Brady. So just figure out what he likes to do. Brian Leftwich needs to figure out what he likes to do, what he's comfortable with. They need to run the ball more, obviously, just to, you know, take a little pressure off of him and just let him do his thing. Don't expect too much out of him. And once they get the chemistry together, they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Um, Browns, Bengals, this Thursday night. Browns desperately need a bounce back win, especially in an end division win. Um, I think the Browns are going to win. I think Baker's going to bounce back, and I really think this team just needs more time. Uh, obviously, going up against a rookie quarterback who had a very impressive debut, he did a lot better than I thought it was his opening week. Um, but nonetheless, I think the Browns are going to win this game pretty easily, and I think they're going to be they're going to be mad after that rafter uh, Ravens after that Ravens beat down. Uh, who do you like in this game, Hugh?
1: I like the Bengals, and not because I dislike the Browns. <laughs> I like them- <laughs> Because I really think they've improved defensively. They played really well on defense the other day. Uh, They look fundamentally better. They look better in the secondary. They look better up front. And that was without Geno Atkins. And so I thought that was a uh, San Diego offensive football team that would exploit them a little bit more. So I saw improvement there. Um, They got to make sure they protect his quarterback. Burrow, I think he's big time. Uh, But uh, he took a lot of hits in his game, I think. the the two open edges is not a good thing for the Bengals uh, because right now their offensive line is where they're struggling. They got to find a way to run the ball even better than they did. But I think they're going to go to Cleveland and they're going to find themselves. And I just, I think there's some elements that's going to really play into this game. It's it's Cleveland coming off a, a huge disappointment. It's their home opener. It's the head coach's home opener. It's his, First game in that stadium. It's his first game coaching in this environment on Thursday night, trying to get a team ready to play. All those things are going to factor in. Whereas the coach at at uh, Cincinnati, Zach, he's been through it, mm-hmm. you know. So I think those things are going to play into it. Because what happens in these weeks is how you get your team ready to play. Uh, and normally, if you don't have that experience, you're drawing from what you know, and that might not be best for your football team. So. I'm going to give the edge to the Bengals. I think they go there and win a, a tough one, a tight one, in the Battle of Ohio.
0: James, who do you like in this game?
1: Um, I also like the Bengals, but a little bit on the
2: Browns. When Odell Beckham dropped that crossing route, I think it was in the second quarter before halftime, they were only down 17-6. to yeah, They dropped yeah. the crossing route, and then they missed field goal. But when he dropped that, that was the game-changer, and that's pretty much what broke the game open. Because before that, they were doing pretty good. You know, Chubb and Hunt were running the ball very well. I just think the Browns lack leadership. And I think they also – Faker Mayfield doesn't know his identity yet as a quarterback. I think that he is – I also think he's kind of like Kyle Murray. He's a rhythm quarterback, and he doesn't realize he is or he doesn't want to be. He wants to be Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, he wants to – make plays that happen. You know, he tries to scramble out the pocket and do too much. And it's like, stay in the pocket. Stop bouncing. Mm -hmm. Stop bouncing your feet. You know, check your progressions and make the right throws. And then he doesn't – he'll bounce on his feet and then overthrow. And so it's just – I think he does too much. I think they really need a leader on that team to even when the game's out of the way, dial in. They have a lot of people with a lot of personality on that team. They have a lot of talent. I just think they just need leadership and – then Baker needs to figure out what type of quarterback he wants to be to be able to lead this team. Um, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, the Bengals have found their quarterback. His ball placement is unreal. It um, was 23, 36, 193 yards, and then that interception was a shuffle pass. He's going to make rookie mistakes. I do think the coach needs to trust him a little bit more on, um, on, in that fourth quarter. I think they had like seven seconds left. That's your, that's your franchise guy. You know, see if he can make a play. If he can't, then kick the field goal to win the game. Uh, The Bengals are going to win. They have a lot, a lot of bright spots. Him and A.J. Green, once they really connect with each other, once Burrow calms down and can able to throw the ball, sometimes he overthrew A.J. Green. got a little excited. You could tell. I think this game, he's going to be calmed down. The game speed of the NFL, I think he's understanding a lot better after week one because he plays a good Chargers team too, which is good. I'm glad he faced a really good Chargers team. So, I'm excited for them. I think they're going to win big um, against the Browns this, uh, this Thursday. Uh,
0: and the other – I just another thing on the Browns, they need to stop forcing being the ball to Otto Beckham. Um yeah. And the other thing I want to get to was they obviously went away from the play-action pass. I mean, they did use it, but not as much as they thought they would. And obviously, the game plan didn't work. But, Hugh, can I ask you, do you think part of that was, will the Ravens know – we're going to be trying to play action pass all game. They were just trying to throw the Ravens off guard. Was that part of changing uh, the play action pass, do you think?
1: No, I don't think so. I think once they got down, as James kind of alluded to, I think they felt like they needed to throw the ball to get back. The most disappointing thing with the Browns is you spend all this money for the right tackle, for the right. tight end. You have all this talent that's on your team. You score six points. Mm-hmm. No matter how you look at it. You score six points. That can't happen. You got the first pick of the draft quarterback. You have a improved offensive line and you have all this skill and you can't score any more than six points. And so they have to get it together. They got to find out what they want to be on an offense. You set it best. They, they you have two really good runners. Both those guys average what? 5.6 yards yeah. in area. 0.7. Yeah. So, and they were running the ball well, and then they fell behind. So, to me, one of the things that was disappointing is, regardless of what the score was, you need to go – it's game one. So, go continue to be who you need to be for the season. And they got away from that. And so, they exposed some of issues that they have. And now seeing that, teams know that if they jump up on the Browns and get ahead, they're going to force them into a passing game that maybe the Browns are not ready to, be, to do right now at a high level. So, it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, very disappointing performance from the Browns, obviously. All right, last thing today, our top five teams. So here, so I've been fighting this all offseason, and I said that the Chiefs are the best team. Um, and I still think they have the best offense. But after I looked at the Ravens, I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. But after I looked at the Ravens, I think their offense is right there with the Chiefs. But then obviously their defense, I think they got the best defense in the National Football League. So Ravens are my number one. Chiefs are my number two. Number three, the Saints. They played well against the Bucks. Drew Brees is a great quarterback. I think their offense is dangerous. And like James said earlier, uh, they do got a lot of studs on that defense. Number four, the Bills. Um, I think they have arguably the second best defense in the National Football League. Josh Allen's only going to get better at time. He has an absolute host for an arm. They picked up Stephon Diggs, and they played well against the, chi- uh, against the Jets. And then number five, uh, the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, Jamal Adams, they beat the Falcons. Uh, I think that's a really good team. Uh, James, can you give me your top five teams in the NFL?
2: Right now I got the Chiefs, number one. Uh, we got the Seahawks at number two. Um, the Ravens at number three. And tied for fourth. I like – I don't say like the Packers. I thought, I thought they played really well. I thought Aaron Rodgers did reception well, especially the run game. I can't count them out because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be really great. The Packers and um, – what was that? Oh, the, the Rams. I think the Rams are going to be really good. But this is it after week one. It'll, 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 it it would definitely change. And then, uh, oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. The uh, Packers and the Saints. And then the fifth
0: best team for me is the Rams. So, yeah. Uh, Hugh, who are your top five teams?
1: Number one is the Chiefs. Number two is the Packers. Number three is the Ravens. Number four is the Saints. And number five is Seattle. Um,
0: just really quick, I, if we can get to that uh, Packers game. Aaron Rodgers obviously played lights out. Um, my my whole concern with the Packers is I think they don't have a lot of weapons to wear when you play a team like Baltimore or when you play a team like uh, Kansas City, they're not necessarily going to be able to match up with them. Um, do you think – like, how far do you see – Hugh, how far do you see the Packers making it this year?
1: They can go as far as they want to go. I mean, I – I don't, this, I don't agree that they don't have enough talent to match up with those teams from an from a offense to defense standpoint. When you think of Devontae Adams and I mean, they have some very big athletic and fast receivers. And the runner is extremely talented. You know, I don't, they don't have the tight end type that you wish that they had on their football team. But everything else, I think the Packers are loaded, and they got one of the best quarterbacks in the league.
0: Uh, James, do you, how far do you see the Packers making it this year? I
2: agree. Uh, just their running game. As long as their running game can keep pushing and give Aaron Rodgers a break, I think they'll be fine. That's pretty much was their weekends last year. They couldn't run the ball against teams, and it forced Aaron Rodgers to have to, in the playoffs, it forced Aaron Rodgers to have to make more plays than he needed to. Uh, so I think they can go as far as they need to go when it comes to this season. Aaron Rodgers can lead them to the promised land, I'm telling you. Trust him. Gotta trust him. He's a GOAT for a reason.
0: So do you see? Uh, so do you see the Packers potent- Let's just say hypothetically, do you see them going to the NFC Championship, beating whoever it is, probably the Seahawks in the NFC, and then getting to the Super Bowl, or or the Saints or the Buccaneers, really, um, or the Saints, or or in the Super Bowl, uh, the Chiefs or Ravens. Um, so do you see that happening, James? How
2: about the uh, any so about the Packers getting there or any team? the Packers? I mean, I can see them going. I don't think anybody will beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, though. So that's my thing is. But I do see the Packers being able to beat, beat, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady. I see them beating Drew Brees. I mean, the NFC is up for grabs right now. There isn't anyone that's just standing out tremendously because everybody has some weaknesses. But um, the Packers are just like the rest of the teams in the league. It's just they have the GOAT. They have Aaron Rodgers, trust me. I mean, I've seen him do it. He did it against a great Dallas team uh, some years ago. He just sliced and diced them. So he can do whatever he wants. That's why people know when they go to play Green Bay, they got to bring it.
0: All right. Um, well, thank you, everyone, so much for joining us today. Everyone, have a great day, and God bless.